Oh yes, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Three in One Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Pivot himself, International Ian Lamont Morgan. We're in the dead. We're in the dead. Thank mm. God Almighty, we're in the dead. <laughs> and joining us from Columbus, Ohio, by way of Cincinnati, but he still roots for the home team. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Oh, revenge, revenge, revenge. What a great thing. What's up, everybody? And here in the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. They do not call him the Black Marvin Lewis. Oh, why not? Because I'm much better than that. Oh. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, and just for everyone who was wondering, if you're curious, Boomer Sooner. Um, oh, okay. Uh, what's going on, guys? Oh, Brother Malcolm, I've been looking forward to this podcast ever since Friday. Ha. It's just great. Oh, yeah, there's, just, there's just something in the air. It's something. I, it's I don't something. know what. I don't know what it is. Hiya, hiya, hiya. Man, I, I just I see I see a certain tree nut mm. everywhere. Mm. I, I don't know a I certain know what? what tree nut. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't know what I thought you said. Oh yes, <laughs> I be forgetting that's what a buckeye is. That's yep, it, that is, that is what it is. That might be weirder than orange man. I don't know. Hey, it's it, all it, good. It took me a second just to conjure that up. But yeah. <laughs> um. So we are post first round of. Feels weird to say first round, but the semifinal of college football. Mm-hmm. We are post um, NFL regular season. Wow, yes. that's done. Wow. Um, so we've got some postseason action to talk about. But before we do, <laughs> mm. let's talk about the uh, the last game of the regular season. Um, Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Washington Redskins. Playoff spot on the line for Washington. Um. Specifically about the benching of Jalen Hurts mm. in this Eagles game. Um, you know, I had we had it on downstairs in the house. We, we weren't did. really watching it, yep. and I looked up and I saw Jalen Hurts without. And I assumed, oh, he's he must be hurt or something. Yep. And then I just see him on the sideline like chilling, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess they didn't score in that last drive, but I didn't think it was worth taking him out. <sighs> Guys, let's let's break this down. What what what's going on in Philly? Uh, we have no idea, honestly. Um, it, it it is a sh- you know what show. Uh, <laughs> like seriously, I mean the the players are upset with the coach. Uh, no one understands why he took Jalen Hurts out. Um, now I didn't listen to his his press conference, honestly. Um, but you know, did either of you listen to it as to why Doug he gave, Pearson, Yeah, his re- to- his reason was uh, Nate Sudfeld has been here for four years and deserved a chance to play. And we all know that's some utter be- As a believer, you would think he would tell the truth and not lie. But Dave uh, Sudfeld, he's a senior, you know, his last nope, game. He's nope. trying to get out <laughs> No, sir. I mean, you have to wonder if this was a conspiracy theory to, you know, just make sure the G-men don't get into the playoffs. I mean, because at the end of the day, like, there was no reason Jalen Hurts has scored there only two touchdowns to the point rushing um he wasn't throwing the ball extremely great but again he didn't have a whole lot of receivers Mm -hmm. to to throw to anyways um i just 
I'm at a loss for words right now. Um, and honestly, like this could really lead to some questions about if Doug Peterson is going to return as head coach next year. It's starting to make me wonder already. I mean, we've seen a slew of coaches already gone. So um, this could be the handwriting on the wall. And it's a shame he's a Super Bowl champion of a coach who won with a backup quarterback. But, uh, you know, hey, it's crazy. I mean, here's the line for Jalen. 7 of 20, 72 yards, an interception, but he did run for 34 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. Not a great stat line, but no. let's look at Nate Sudfield. Wasn't good. Nate Sudfield, yeah. 5 of 12, 32, an interception, and a, and a botched uh, snap mm-hmm. uh, in back-to-back possessions, by the way. Um, so, Ian, is there any justification for this? He's a company man. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what uh what else we want to say here. That that was my point. It it was not the only salvageable aspect of this is the fact that Jalen Hurts was playing a poor game. It, it it wasn't good. He has your two touchdowns, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to look at it and say that. Right. But you know, as, you know, as, from a quarterbacking aspect, you know, it was not a solid performance. Now. Why? Because nobody was on the field for him to, to quarterback to. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Fulgham was out there. Ertz was out there. Rager was out there. So I guess you can't say. But, I mean, knowing the other pieces that they were missing, uh, you know, we, we talked about it Sunday. We looked at the injury report, and my first question was, why is he even, why is he even out here? Why, why, why would you, you know, sit all of these other guys and not sit your future starting quarterback mm-hmm. because the other one went toxic? Um, but no, I mean, they, they, they were living for the tank, you know, apparently those three spots meant a whole lot to them because, uh, and, and I, I would have rather they just, you know, just, just, you know, I just want Peterson to say, Hey, I, you know, I make, I make the decision, give them the Mike Tomlin response, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm making decisions that are best for our team. I won't be questioned on some, some, something, do that. So all of these comments, Ron Rivera's comments, it's just like, just shush y'all. It was for the tank. Just let it be what it is and, and leave them to speak. But trying to explain it has been really weird and made it more awkward. So, yeah, no. We, we, we know what it's about. Of course we do. So, my – so, I've seen people give the argument, you, you got to see what Nate Sudfield has. Uh, what, no, you don't. What he is. And I'm like, <laughs> first of all, they see him in practice every day. They didn't need to put him out there to see that he was going to do what he did. Right. Um that was that was not needed. Um, second of all, this definitely puts Doug Peterson's job in question, yep. unless this was a concerted effort from the top down, right? Um, for them to get the number six pick, which which the difference between six and nine is not big enough for me to tank for. Yeah, but but then at that On point, TV. just play him the whole game and say, "Hey, Jalen, we're going to arrest you. You know, we're going to try right. to make sure you're protected for next year. You know, we don't want no type of injuries to happen to you. We know yep. Carson Wentz is probably gone, and then I'd be like, okay, fine. Yeah. The Giants are probably still be upset, but regardless, at the end of the day, you don't make this mid game change and in just the, be in the third, fourth quarter. You know, I just yeah, that made absolutely no sense. So you know, it's like, what are you really trying to do? Because uh, to me, if you were really trying to do that, then just rest him the whole game, and then I would have made, I would have been like, okay, cool, I get it. He's going to be your guy next year. Why don't you just rest him just in case? We've seen plenty of injuries this year and COVID nineteen. So yeah, somebody definitely sent him a carrier pigeon, a pigeon <laughs> with a note. That that just said in Comic Sans make the make the swap. Yeah, so I, I, 
I think uh, ownership hit the button to play Jalen Hurts in the first place because I think he would have kept playing Carson Wentz until the wheels yeah. completely fell off. Um, and then Jalen started winning. But then I think the other, why he wouldn't do the scenario that you're thinking of, Keith, is because then if you bench him, then it's a clear message that you didn't, that for for the media, they're going to be like, oh, well, he didn't want, he doesn't want to play Jalen anyway. He's playing a third string guy for no reason. Yeah. Um, so maybe he was trying to avoid that, but even trying to avoid that, you have this situation where it just looks terrible. Yeah. And I mean, we, we see other instances where people are like, hey, Let's just pull them just in case. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're protecting your investment. Like that makes much more sense, at least for, for my eyes and my brain. It makes more sense than just saying, oh, well, you know, Nate Sudfield, he's been, you know, he's been a starter for quite a, you know, a few years. We should give him a chance. Like, n- let's not. He's a third string quarterback for a reason, not even a backup. Well, congratulations, senior night for the Philadelphia Eagles. Nate Sudfield <laughs> got on the field. Um, you know, really, really excited about him. Uh, see what he's going to do at the next level. Um, <laughs> yeah, in the the well, the Alliance League isn't a thing anymore. But in one of them other XFL, one of them other leagues, that's where you should be going. Arena, baby. Right, Arena League. Go, go uh, play with Johnny Mantell in his new league. <laughs> um, so we got our we got our playoff matchups. Our first round oh, this weekend. Yes, football on Friday. Or excuse me, on Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. AFC matchups. The Cleveland Browns got in there. Little hand claps for Ian. Yes. Woo. First time since 2002. Mm. Know that feels Ow. good. We talked about it on the live show, but Ian, how are you feeling now a couple days out? I feel amazing still. Um, I just, you know, just took a ride on a horse last night just because you know, I mean, we're 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 living we're living it up in, in Cleveland. Give us our moment. I know everybody wants to say, "Oh, come Friday or come Saturday, they won't be feeling good at all." Not so fast. We got hope, and we think we can beat this team. Mm. Well, and we're we're rooting for. Well, we, I think we, we're probably both rooting for the for the Browns. I know Keith is. Oh, yeah, that is for sure. I do not uh, want Pittsburgh <laughs> to win at any cost. I'd rather have the Browns beat them. Um, so we've got Cleveland at Pittsburgh um, rematch. Baltimore at Tennessee mm. rematch of last year's playoffs. And Indianapolis at Buffalo. Did they? I think they played this year too, didn't they? Um, I don't remember. I'll check. Okay. Um, so which one of these matchups is the most interesting to you guys? And will you be definitely 100% can't miss this game? Whew. I'm going to go with Baltimore and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think this is a rematch. You know, hey, this is a year of getting, uh, you know, avenging some of the losses that you may have taken last year. Um, so, you know, and Lamar Jackson and the Raven offense has started to get a little bit of a groove. Tennessee has been off and on, but Derrick Henry's been great. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm really interested to see what we get from these two quarterbacks. What are we going to see from Ryan Tannehill? Um, are they going to really try to, you know, put all breaks on, you know, Derrick Henry to try to limit him to like 50 yards or so and force Tannehill to get the ball to his guys like A.J. Green and Corey Davis and Jonu Smith? Um, and then what are we going to see from, you know, the passing game for the Baltimore Ravens? That's the the big questions for me. And I cannot wait to see um, it's in Tennessee. So Ravens, you know, don't have home field this time. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the one I, I just can't wait to see. Normally, for balance sake, I would pick the game that's not the Browns game. But not this year. Because we're in the playoffs. I'm most interested in this game. Um 
just from from a scheme standpoint, um, I will be curious to see uh, uh, if Mike Tomlin opts to to, um, to target that secondary for the Browns. That's uh, that's just bad. They're they're bad. I, I was trying to think of a elegant word, but uh, no, they're 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 poor secondary. Um, linebacking core is not that great either. But yeah, um, you know, so, so I'll, I want to see how he adjusts things. Uh, with Ben out there, how much they build on what it is that we uh, – it's a, it's a very, very, very psychological battle uh, in the making because the fancy has to mix it up um, and do something other than what they did on Sunday, but not so much that he forsakes identity. Um, so you got to know what you showed the Steelers, uh, but then, then mix it up. Uh, for Pittsburgh, you know um, – um, you know, what is what is Ben's approach? You know, I've seen a lot of folks talking about, hey, if you just let Ben go out there and, and engineer the offense, you know, and keep them moving, he's experienced enough. Uh, he's seen, you know, every coverage. Uh, he's beat every coverage. And so, you know, this is where experience really does play in. So uh, you got to be aware of, of some certain things. Um, ground game, you know, still has to produce. And I think the ground game for Pittsburgh is, is the X factor in the game. So I'll definitely be watching a lot of these little aspects. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Ian, I, I, I want to be, I am rooting for the Browns. I just don't really, I don't know about that in that game the, the third time through. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a tough one what for the Browns. Are, it's a tough matchup. What's your biggest, your biggest um, hesitation to pick the Browns in this game? Se- secondary. It's all about the secondary. Um, yeah. they made Mason Rudolph look really good, really, really good. And they're obviously they're playing for a playoff spot and Mason Rudolph was still looking really good in that game. Um, so that's just, that's my primary concern. Yeah. I mean, but at the same, t- in the same breath, you know, I think for Pittsburgh, I, there's a lot of defensive questions too. Um, with all those injuries we saw, you know, the Bengals lit their behinds up, um, and then, they, you know, trailed early. Who was it against the, uh, was it the Colts? They ended up, you know, coming back in the game, but the Colts were, like, dominating them um, the entire first half. And so it's like, you know, we'll see. I think, you know, the biggest thing, I think Cleveland has to get the run game going because I don't think you're going to be able to trust Baker Mayfield to be able to get, to make all the plays without turning the ball over in crucial in crucial moments. So Nick Chubb, that that great dynamic duo of Chubb and, and, uh, and Kareem Hunt, has got to get going. But I think for Pittsburgh, they're like, all right, let's load this box and we're going to force Baker Mayfield to beat us and live with our odds with that. So that would be my concern for, for the Browns would be what Baker Mayfield are we going to get? Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. I mean, ba- yeah, ba- I, I'll just say. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, yeah, I agree with Keith. You know, my, my saving grace is that they ended the year in struggle. Lost those three games, barely beat Indianapolis. Yep. Lost us. But my only hope is that, you know, they're feeling the chink in their armor, but their experience factor kind of gives me doubt. Yeah. And they didn't have a bye week, so the, the Steelers are hurting. <laughs> <laughs> but Ben's, Ben's, you know, got a week off. Uh, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I, don't, I, man. I think, I mean, Baker's been fairly, there's been a few games where you're like, eh, but he's been pretty consistent this year. Yeah. Um, and once again, it's all about managing what the what his role is in the offense. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, I'm actually less worried about him going into this game. Um, 
I think I think he'll thrive in a playoff atmosphere. I just that that Steelers team, they're a veteran team. They got a veteran Absolutely. coach. They've been yep. there before. Nobody yep. is like, "Oh god, what are we like Okay, we're not playing our best football, but we got we got to bring it up a notch. And as Mike Tomlin always says, the standard is the standard. Um, I, I will say I'm looking forward to that Baltimore Tennessee game too. Yes, um, yes. Baltimore is, is coming in hot, um, so I think this could potentially be a really good matchup. I, yep. And they're going to have obviously they're going to have the revenge angle on their mind. They're yep. going to want to prove that last year was a fluke that they should have beat this team. Um, so I, I expect a good game there. Yep. Um, in the NFC, mm-hmm. we've got Tampa Bay going to Washington in the stupid twist of playoff fate. Uh, Chicago at New Orleans and the Rams at Seattle. Divisional rematch. Any yep. other rematches there? Nope. Um, I'll start off with this one. I'm actually interested in seeing this Rams-Seahawks uh, matchup. Um is there going to be Jared Goff in this game? Mm, yep. Good um, question. That is going to be really key. Yep. Um, and then can this is – C- is Seattle in trouble or are they they just kind of ended on a lull? You've got Russell Wilson and, and Pete Carroll, um, some veterans on that team, so you, you believe that they're going to get it right for the playoffs, but they just haven't looked right the last half of the year. Early on, we were obviously talking about Russell Wilson as MVP candidate. I think that conversation is shut and closed, yep. um, but he's still Russell Wilson, um, playoff veteran, Super Bowl champion. Um, so we'll see um, what happens there. But I, I want to see – I would love to see the Rams at full strength with their offense, with their weapons. Um and this this Rams defense is tough. It's tough. I mean, they really carried that team against against Arizona. And so I think anytime you have a defense like that, you could be a threat in the playoffs. But uh what games are y'all looking at? You know what? I am <laughs> I'm actually really interested by this Tampa Bay and Washington game now. Um just because of the storylines. Chase Young is saying he wants Tom Brady. Um and the Washington defense, like their offense we know is not consistent on any level um you know and you get that when you get a guy like alex smith um i i think he's got a couple you know solid little you know weapons with you know antonio gibson and jd mckissick terry mclaurin they still need another receiver but um it's the defense for me that i'm curious to see how tom brady and this offense who has been getting into a rhythm more recently um, but you know, I'm also curious to see is Mike Evans playing and if he's not playing, how, what is that going to mean for God when Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Gronk, um, they just have so many weapons. And so, uh, you know, uh, Arian said, Hey, you know, be careful what you ask for young, young chase. And, uh, Hey, but, um, he's been getting the, the job done this year. Uh, of course I think he's defensive rookie of the year by far. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm very intrigued by that matchup. Uh, just to see how the Buccaneers are going to get started with this this playoff run that they're going to try to go on. Uh, and they have a tough defense to start. Uh, young fella, don't call out the GOAT. Just don't do it. It's just it never works out. <laughs> yeah. You don't, yeah, don't. don't do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, what game are you looking at, Ian? Yeah, man. Um, honestly, ooh, this breaks my heart. I smell an upset in New Orleans. Oh, Oh really? The um, Bears? Exactly. Yeah, I know, and I, I question my nose. I think I'm gonna go get checked. Um, is this like? Yeah, is this I'm, I'm, in the same vein of like Golden State making the playoffs? You know that same vein, or is this like a I'm, different vein? 
Nah, that's a little different. Oh, okay. Put some, <laughs> put, put, put some respect on Seth's man because he'll go out here and drop 62 on you. Yeah, but, uh, okay. Um, honestly, it's the most unassuming thing. But, with, I, I mean, I got questions about how healthy that ankle is from Michael Thomas. They tried to give him some time off and slide him on the injured reserve and everything like that. But um, is he is he 100%? Is he going to be the Michael Thomas that I think they need to be? Because they're going to key in on Kamar. They're going to key in on Kamar, and they're, they're, going, they're going to try and disrupt Drew Brees' uh, timing as much as possible. And we know when that defense plays up, uh, it gives them a chance. It gives them a chance. New Orleans has just been the home of heartbreak for the last couple years, um, losing games that they probably shouldn't. I cannot help but be intrigued to see if they're going to lose a game that they really should not. And, yeah, you know, the question becomes, you know, what does what does Chicago have? Well, we know. We've seen David Montgomery come on stronger and stronger as the year has gone on. We know that we have seen – Smith, as much as he struggles, he has built rapport with Allen Robinson. Um, he, he's, you know, he's been able to get the receivers involved, engaged, and those, that team just plays hard. And for a team that has nothing to lose against a team that, you know, is out here for revenge, they they want to storm the league and everything like that. I'm not saying they'll sleep on Chicago, uh, but you know, I I would not be surprised if they have their eyes a little bit further ahead. So I'm just intrigued. I'm not saying they're gonna lose. Just saying, I'm intrigued. You did say you were smelling upset, though. I smell it, but again, I'm I'm going to to my I don't know what uh what you call the the nose doctor, but I'm 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 coming to see him. You know, I'm gonna take another COVID test just because I don't know if there's anything weird going on. But yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't think they're gonna lose, but I I will I will be most interested in this game because there's something funny in there. Hmm. Um, I'm not interested in that game at all, actually. Yeah, neither. Very not, not at all. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'll be the only one watching. But no, I mean, I'll still be watching because it's a playoff game. You know, I'm going to be watching regardless. But I'm just not. Listen, the Bears looked really bad against the Packers. They got their behinds beat. Um, and even if Kamara didn't play, the, the New Orleans Saints still have too many weapons. Uh, the Bears' defense has not been what it's been in the past few years. Um, we haven't seen that dominance from Khalil Mack. Uh, and and then, of course, you have Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Um, <laughs> David Montgomery would have to have 200 yards for them to have a chance in this game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, but hey, you know, as Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. And it's the playoffs. It is. Something crazy could happen. It could. It I could. mean, there is a question about whether Kamara will play. He, yeah. He did test positive for COVID on Friday. He did. Um, which held him out of the game uh, Sunday. So his status is up in the air. Michael Thomas is supposed to play. Um, so he doesn't have any injury setbacks. But yeah. uh, it's been a rough year for him. So, hey, it's anything's possible. But I just don't believe it's possible. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I, I want to see how Tampa Bay comes out in this in this game, how Same. they approach this game Same, man. as well. Um, against Washington, I think they have the potential to be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. You have Tom Brady. Yep. Um, the defense has the potential to be really good. He's yep. got all of those weapons, um, and I think their offense is clicking at the right time. Yep. Um, and they and they've already beat the Packers once this year already, so yeah. they know that they can do it. Yep. Um. So I 
I think that's a, that's a team I'm going to be looking at. Just even if the game is interesting, I want to see how they approach this game. Exactly. And if they come out and look dominant and really are able to score and the defense looks strong, I feel I feel really good about them in that next round matchup wherever they end up playing. Yeah, and I mean, you think like this Washington defense is going to be one of the better ones they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not necessarily in love with Green Bay's defense. I think they're definitely beatable. New Orleans defense shows signs of being great, mm-hmm. but they also show signs of being, you know, not so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, now, the Rams defense, that they're on another level right yeah. now. They're really, you know, clicking on all cylinders. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, um, they're getting the job done, but I mean, even Seattle, their defense is not very great. So this is going to be one of the tougher defenses yeah. they play um, going forward. So um, if they do well here, like you said, I, I, I like their chances also, especially just because, first of all, they have the GOAT, and then uh, they have some great weapons on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Who, who who wouldn't love to have an Antonio Brown, a potential to have Evans and Godwin, Scotty mm-hmm. Miller and Gronk? Like, so, it's you know. Hey. Scotty Miller's in this conversation, but. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a good little, like, once you put your focus on the other, the other like, two or three guys, boom, mm-hmm. he beat you deep yeah. on a couple passes. So, you know, uh, he's kind of like that Wes Welker type of, you know, he's not as involved as Welker was, but he's got that type of capability. He's, he's the Alex Caruso of this team. Pretty much, right? Exactly. He'll make a few plays for you. Or, oh man! Or, or, never mind. Um, he's, he's the goat. It's kind so, of yeah. I mean, hey, it is. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. But hey, shout out to the Washington Football Team making me and Ian's pick look good. Thank you so much. We appreciate you all um, for finishing strong. And uh, thank, yeah, and thank you, Doug Peterson, for your help <laughs> in this endeavor. Um, and thank you Andy Dalton for I don't know what the hell you're doing um, let's talk about some fired coaches um, the Jets mercifully fired Adam Gase as we all knew was going to happen I don't know since like two years ago Anthony Lynn got fired from the Chargers unfortunate but I think we saw this one coming too we talked about that on the live show and then Doug Marone in Jacksonville um any surprises here? Nope. Nah. Any of these guys get another chance? Um, right now, I think Gase is going to – I hear that Gase is a name that Alabama is looking at to mm-hmm. replace Steve Sarkeesian. So I definitely don't think Gase is going to be a head coach in the NFL mm-hmm. this year at least. Um, I think Lynn could get another shot. I don't know where. Yeah. Um, but I, I, mean, I don't think it's going to be this year. But yes, yes, I think you're right. But I do think he'll get another chance just because he the morale that he built in the locker room, people are still talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing some you know articles that saying like, hey, he was a great leader and it was just an unfortunate situation uh, that he was in. Um, you know, but don't get me wrong. He wasn't coaching great, even though he had a lot of mm-hmm. issues. The Chargers had a lot of games they still could have won this year. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those things came down to coaching. But I think if any of these coaches, um, definitely not Gaze, yeah, no. I think Lynn would have the best shot at getting a chance the soonest out of those three games. For an NFL team, at least. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, no no coaching jobs on the horizon. I think we're looking at, you know, coordinators for a couple of years. And they'll be waiting in the wings, you know, see if another situation falls apart. But, uh, yeah, it was I, – I, I had hope for Anthony Lynn. I really do hope that he lands in a good situation where he can build up his resume again and get another shot. Um, the other guys, I mean, you know, solid job, you know. But, but lap and uh, keep it pushing. That guy. <laughs> um, who are the who are the coaches we're looking at? We've talked about a few here uh, to fill some of these empty positions. 
what coaches, what names are you guys interested in seeing getting jobs this this off season? Well, we all know are the obvious done? one. <laughs> huh? What do you say, Keith? I, I just wanted to know if we were done mentioning Bill Cower for jobs. Yes, <laughs> that man is never coming back to coach. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, of course, we all know Eric Bieniemy is you know mm-hmm. well sought after. Uh, for some reason, Tennessee's offensive coordinator is like high on Who's like every everyone's list. I forget his name, but like he is apparently like he's gotten an interview from every team thus far, um, and they want him. I, I don't even know his name. I didn't even know who he was until I saw like oh people people want him. Okay, um, so so yeah, the, that's an interesting. Name Arthur William Smith. Arthur, I don't know ex- exactly. Like I had no idea, but he's he, uh, he's gonna. Um, I think he should. If he gets a job, he needs to give a portion of his paycheck to Derrick Henry. Uh, of course, absolutely, <laughs> he should. Um, but yeah, um, other names. Uh, <clears throat> Urban oh, Meyer. Well, of, of course, I thought we were going to talk about that in a bit, but uh, oh, well, maybe not. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, Urban. First of all. There was a report that said, of course, that, you know, Jacksonville, that that could happen. But then there was a report that said he wants $12 million a year. And then we just got a story this morning that says that's not actually factual. Um, but For $12 million a year is crazy. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> but, of course, Urban Meyer, we all have been wondering if this would ever happen. You know, first it was the Browns, and then it was, you know, now it's Jacksonville. We don't know if that's going to actually happen. But... Um, one other name I'm very interested to see if anything happens with is Pat Fitzgerald mm. um, from Northwestern. There's been a lot of, you know, chatter about, you know, him. Uh, he's more of a defensive minded coach um, and Northwestern probably won't be great, great in the Big Ten or probably be in the Big Ten championship again for a little bit, especially since they're losing Peyton. Ray. Oh, actually, Peyton may, may have another year, right? If he wants to. Uh-huh. He so, wants to. well, we'll see. But uh, if an he NFL is my favorite next year, uh, no, if uh, but <laughs> maybe the big uh, no, never mind. Um, but if. A team is going after him. I'm curious if he'll leave Northwestern Northwestern because you guys know that's where he played. He has his roots there. Right. So yeah. Ian, what yeah, next? I think I think um I'm really interested to see Raheem Morris uh get a mm. shot. You know, he's he's been tied to um just getting some interviews places. Uh it's interesting seeing Jason Garrett's name floated out there this Oh early. my no, he, God no. Yeah. Uh, charges have requested to interview him, and so um, I was I was thinking that he might need a couple of years under his belt away from the uh, the head coaching space. But apparently, you know, one year, one year in uh, what's that, New York was, was enough. So he didn't we'll know see. what to do with Tony Romo. Like, why would you bring him in for Justin Herbert? Herbert needs a good quarterback coach. Well, I guess he yeah, can hire one, but honestly, I, guys, I really do. I I, I hurt. For, uh, for Justin Herbert, because I think the optics are are working on the situation where I do think Lynn would have been good to get another year there. I don't know why that's my feeling. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe they needed a change of voice and everything like that. But you know, building that that camaraderie, chemistry, and trust. And if you had if you had a trusted player, even in the losing season, I do think that's important. They had enough pieces to build with. But anyway, that's my spiel. Maybe I'm just, you know, partial to the black man. I am partial <laughs> to the black man. Um, but, yeah, no, other interesting name is uh, Robert Sala. Um, yes. Of course. 
year year removed from that from the you know Super Bowl appearance and everything, but uh, still a respected name. Uh, what and really maybe even more respected because he had the defense playing fairly well this year. They had the spots, but with all of the injuries and everything like that, that was a very respectable job that they were able to do. And so um, I do think you know I was curious maybe with the Jets something like that he would need a strong OC. Um, especially if they have a new quarterback coming in, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there too. Yeah, I, I, I always look at this, and we, you know, obviously go through the pro ranks and get guys, but there's always a college coach we didn't expect. There's, there's a, there's like even last year, Matt Rule, we didn't even hear that he interviewed for the Carolina job. All the talk right. was him going to New York, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's hired in Carolina. I was like, I didn't even know he interviewed there. And then I don't know if you guys remember the the uh, Greg Schiano thing happened out of nowhere. No one saw him go, leaving Rutgers and going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then he just appears in Tampa Bay. So there's going to be some coach that we are not talking about that's going to surprise us. That's going to end up somewhere. Um, I have a, I have the the feeling that Urban is going to end up in Jacksonville. The 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 rumblings have started there. They have the quarterback that. Urban won't want. Of course. And they have $100 million in salary cap space. And 11 picks so, yes. in the draft. So this situation, he could really build this team absolutely. however he wants. They said um, it's the most attractive job out of any of yeah, them. Absolutely. Um, which is weird to say because a few years ago they were they were uh, just outside of the AFC championship game. No, they were in it. But yeah, they were outside of the Super Bowl. Yeah, outside of the Super Bowl. Um, and they should have beat New England that year. And they lost basically all of those guys via trade <laughs> or other circumstances. <laughs> so it's like... The fact that it's reset so quickly to be number one job is it's kind of funny. Um, Urban but, definitely has a way of sliding these like tailor made situations. That's funny. <laughs> and the, um, there's another name that I just completely obviously be enemy. We want to see him get a job. I'm actually uh, I know Keith is not on this train. I like to see Marvin Lewis get another shot somewhere. Oh God! I love For the love of God, somewhere. no! I know. I know you have PTSD from hearing the name Marvin Lewis. Well, you know what? Actually, you know what? Just because I'd be like, okay, let's just let's just see what happens. Um, because if he stinks again, yeah. you know, hey. But did he? That's, that's the he didn't really stink. For, he took you guys to the playoff. Y'all, y'all were terrible before Marvin got Listen, there. Listen, and, and that's the thing, that, and that's why I want to I want to clear it up for everyone. It's not that I, I think that Marvin Lewis was a great hire. Number one, he did some very good things. He made our organization relevant again, which I always give him credit for. What I'm saying is that his time there was like he had way too many extra years. Like he was living in grace from like <laughs> so many years. And I mean, the issue is like 16 seasons and no playoff, like no, no other organization would have kept a coach that long with not a single playoff win. Now you got to the playoffs. Good for you, but you didn't win one of them. <laughs> and a few of those, we played the Jets in the in the playoff and lost to them. We lost to the Chargers at home. We lost to Pittsburgh on some fluke stuff, which because we had idiots like Vontez Burfitt and Pac-Man Jones and other people mm-hmm. on the team who Marvin couldn't keep, you know, under his wraps. And that cost us another year. So it's just like you clearly don't have a good grasp of your team. You should no longer be our coach. That's all I'm saying. Um, I'm not saying that he couldn't necessarily be successful somewhere else, but he clearly can't win a playoff game. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my biggest thing. 
Maybe we should have a segment called Keith is Triggered. I mean, really, you really should. Bro, it, yeah, you would be triggered. I mean, first of all, we have Mike Brown, who's the worst owner in the NFL. And secondly, you know, he was just okay with being mediocre, saying, okay, it's good enough for us to have a winning season, potentially make the playoffs, and then lose. Like, I mean, of course, I get it. It could be worse. We could be the Browns and not have made the playoffs since 2002. But whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm, no shots fired, Ian. No shots fired. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I understand people who are saying, well, it could be worse. But what I'm saying is, is that we were hoping in Cincinnati to take another step forward. And he just wasn't the guy to get us there. Now, Zach Taylor isn't either. Um, but, you know, eh, is what it is. Um, Yeah. I uh, and then Jim Harbaugh's name becoming up a lot lately too. I'm just yeah, I'm just getting off of that as quickly as possible. I don't want Keith to have a bust of gas talking about. <laughs> uh, Jim Harbaugh's name is coming up a lot. Um, usually when a coach's name comes up a lot, it means they're trying to get more money. Um, or more <laughs> contract extension. This happens every year. Lincoln Riley's interviewing with the Lincoln Riley gets a ten year extension. Yeah, right, 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 right. So uh, I'm not super, and he's in the middle of a contact contract negotiation right now. I, I just don't see him leaving Michigan. It's, it's he wants to make that situation right. Um, yeah, and then okay, guys. Other off season, either teams, storylines, players that you guys are looking at. It's early playoffs. Obviously, are still going on, but amongst those teams that are not in the playoffs, what? What teams, players, or storylines are you looking at? The Texans. Uh, what mm. are they going to do in that, G- that GM spot? Um, and so he's looking at bringing their old GM back, um, you know, to, to reset things before the Bill O'Brien era. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if they can really make that situation right for Deshaun Watson. They need to. Oh gosh, Lee, you have no idea. Um, you, the question was about teams that aren't in the playoffs. Yep. What either? What other? What either teams or players or you, what storylines? Whatever are you looking at this offseason? <laughs> the Miami Dolphins. I mm. mean, they were one win away from the playoffs, and they get a number three pick yep. thanks to Bill O'Brien. I mean, can we all agree he is the true finesse guy? I mean, I know you talked about John Gruden, but my goodness, Bill O'Brien is just <sighs> all right. What? But but yeah, I mean, they have a top three pick. Are they going to trade that for capital? Are they going to trade that for a player? Um, we know they need another receiver. In my opinion, they need another running back. Um, <clears throat> but the, they spent the money on the defense, and we saw the benefits of that. They definitely had a good season defensively. Flores was a defensive minded coach already. So, um, so yeah, I'm very interested to see what are they going to do with that third pick, which should have been my Bengals pick. But anyways, I don't think, hopefully they don't take the tackle out of Oregon that, you know, we have our eye on, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's one of my biggest, um, things that I'm looking, looking at to see, uh, how they will get better. And honestly, then it's going to be a really fun matchup with them and Buffalo in that division. Mm, Yeah, that'll be that. And then uh, Jacksonville has a hundred million dollars, 11 draft picks. (laughs) Trevor Lawrence, a new coach, a new GM. <laughs> this could get really interesting. Really interesting, bro. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Jalen Ramsey be like, oh, man. Should have stood Yeah, I'm really, I really want to see what, what direction they decide to go. Um, Trevor Lawrence, by all accounts, is the number one pick, barring something insane happening. Um, so how do you build around him? What, what kind of weapons 
Are they going to invest in the defense kind of how they were before? I mean, they, they lost a lot of talent on defense. Um, with um, Yannick Ngakwe, Jalen Ramsey, other guys like that. Um, and then on the offense, I think they could use a, a boost in the running game. They could use – really, they need upgrading talent all over. When you have 11 draft picks, yeah. you can yeah. you can yep. really do that. Yep. Um, and then $100 million is going to get you something yep. at, at some point. Free agency so. <laughs> is going to be really fun. Um, so yeah. somebody's going to get paid. Yep. Hopefully it's not Nick Foles. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a team that I'm really interested in. I think that Dolphin situation is 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 going to be fun to watch because yeah. I know I know they they really wanted to get into the playoffs this year, um, but another a full off season with with Tua a healthy Tua, um, and then being able to invest a little bit in that offense I think is going to go a long way. And then I I think the other team is the New England Patriots. Um, they're kind of at another crossroads. It's, it's weird to say that after we felt that last year after Tom Brady left, but they did the Cam Newton stopgap thing. We saw Jared Stidham why he is not the quarterback of the future. So what investment are they going to make? Is it going to be a free agent? Is it going to be a trade? Do they look at a guy like Carson Wentz and say, oh, okay, let's let's try to build around him? Or do they go in the draft? They don't have a, a great draft pick, and so it'll be interesting to see what quarterbacks are still available when they're, when they're picking. Um, and then the other team, it's America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah. we, we got the Dak Prescott situation Dak Prescott, yep. coming off an injury. What does that mean for his contract status? Yep. yep. Uh, Zeke Elliott, another disappointing season. Um, and then that offensive line did not play well this year. <laughs> it is not what they've been. A lot of it was injury, but some of it was was a little bit of fall off. So, what changes are they going to make to their organization um, in order to get back to where they should have been this year with all the talent they have? Um, but. The offseason has not officially started yet, um, although the coaching carousel is spinning. But let's go ahead and switch to college football. <laughs> we've got a happy. We've got a happy. Uh, we've got some happy people on this podcast. Yes, but I start we off, do. I want to start off with this. Why was your your pick was so wrong, Keith? So yes, why? it was. Let's talk about how wrong your pick was. Yeah, my pick was very wrong, <laughs> and as I said, I would be happy to be wrong. Um, here's the thing. As many, please, Buckeye fans, let's be real. None of us expected this. Don't, please don't be like, oh, I called this. And no, you did not. None of us did. None of us saw us coming out and just being dominant, as dominant as we were. We have not been this dominant against anyone that has been really good. We weren't this dominant against Northwestern. We weren't this dominant against Indiana. Well, we were at times against Indiana, but then our defense just gave up a ton of scores to Fry, Fry, Fry Foggle, whatever his name is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so for us to be able to, <clears throat> first of all, holding Clemson to 28 points is a win. <laughs> that offense is legit, and I think it would be the same against Alabama. If we were able to hold Alabama to 28 points, that's a win. Um, but it, it was just the offense that, first of all, Justin Fields, God bless you, sir. Um, you showed grit, you were tough, and when you could not be as mobile as you would like, you stood in that pocket and made some incredible throws. Um, Clemson secondary was on skates the entire game, um, and we also saw the benefit of having Chris Olave back. Um, <laughs> Master Teague did not play, thank you, Jesus. Um, so yeah, you know, it just, oh, y'all, it was, it was Ian, wasn't it just a blessing to watch, man? My I, God, I just want to say we need to add Master T to the Keith is triggered show. <laughs> add that on there. Well, no, I just just oh. don't play him. He's not good. <laughs> just that's it. That is it's pretty simple. Don't play him. Trey Sermon was incredible again. We don't need Master oh, T, man. and we when 
you saw Malcolm when Mayan Williams came in. He he's a big two hundred twenty pound back. He made some cuts that we were like, oh, okay, this kid got some game too. So sorry, Master, you can go and play. You know, maybe last chance you. You know, maybe one of them schools. Master Teague has been there for four years. He deserves a chance to play. No, no, he doesn't. In the words of Doug Peterson, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that's what you're doing. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, man, he's just hilarious. Get start talking about Master T. His, his name being Master is kind of what it, does it. It but makes it makes it so much. Yeah, worse. it was it was a perfect storm. Um, that second quarter. Uh, oh my god! Difference in the ball game, man. Uh, twenty one point second quarter. Um, a twenty one point second quarter in which defense held Clemson, shut them out in that quarter. And um, man, oh man, the, the emergence of Trey Sermon. Um, who I, I, I've seen flashes this year, but y'all, these last few games, you know, it's come out of nowhere and has ravaged teams. And, um, yeah, man, Justin Fields, you know, even the dinged up Justin Fields becomes the difference in the ball game. It was so sweet. I, I, I can't even use the past tense. Let me use the, the, the present, what's the participle, whatever, all of the words. Give mm-hmm. me all of the words mm-hmm. because here I am still standing. Yes, in glee at mm. the way that um that we dismantled mm, the Clemson mm, Tigers mm. to the point where, I, for a second, I even asked myself like, "Do you take Trevor Lawrence first? You you do. I I quickly answered myself, but I'm saying <laughs> I, I I asked the question. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it, it was super super sweet. And honestly, I mean, I think it was proof that we. This team is assembled, and they are they are geared to play against the big teams, and that is a huge relief yeah. going into what's to come. Well, I mean, Justin Fields definitely outplayed Trevor Lawrence that game. There's no question about it. Uh, Trevor was no doubt. Trevor was, he, and the funny thing is, is that they kept calling this like a little quarterback draw that you know scored against Ohio State last year, mm-hmm. and we were just eating it alive. At one point, he fumbled. And we I was shocked because Trevor Lawrence just doesn't turn the ball over that often, but. Somehow, like, our defensive line miraculously was just getting a lot of pressure on him, getting hits on him, uh, which was great because we're going to need that against Mac Jones if we're going to have a chance. Um, so, I mean, that's crucial. So, uh, gosh, it was just amazing. It was amazing. Top to bottom, we played our behinds off. And Malcolm, and I mentioned this to Malcolm while watching the game, I think Ryan Day had a great game plan to say, okay, hey, we're not going to give them a full 20 seconds to see what we have. We're going to run the play with, like, five seconds left on the play clock. And I think it had you seen it. Mm-hmm. It had Clemson like running all over the field yeah. defensively all game. They had no idea. This is one of the first times I seen a Brent Venables defense look that that bad. Yeah. So that was the thing that I was gonna, the the Clemson defense looked ill prepared. Yep. And they just didn't have an adjustment for yep. that for for what Ohio State did in terms of controlling the game clock um, and 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 having their signals in late. That really affected the Clemson defense. Um, it really, I mean, it really comes down to two things. I think the the in the trenches, Ohio State won on the offensive line and the defensive line. Mm-hmm. They were able to to really get penetration on defense and then yeah. on offense. They really just pushed around that Clemson defensive <laughs> yeah, line. They did, um, and so you know, those are two recipes for success in any 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 level, any brand of football. You win up front, you're gonna have a really a really good chance to win the game. Um, and then, yep. you know, huge credit to Justin Fields who took that hit 
um, and and really just played a heck of a game. And Chris Olave coming back, I think, was huge. It was. Um, he had a huge game. Huge, man. Um, and other guys stepped up. But when you have Olave, everybody slides into the right situation. Yep. Obviously, him and Chris, him and Chris, him and Justin Fields have a really good um, chemistry. Yep. So getting him back, I think, was was enormous. Yep. Um, the one thing that I thought was interesting coming out of this game, though, mm-hmm. just this, and this is has nothing to do with the game. Justin Fields said that the Ohio State medical team did not give him a diagnosis of what his injury was. He said that? Yeah, he was like, they didn't, oh, no, they didn't really give me a, a injury diagnosis. I just went back in the game, and I'm just kind of like, uh, that's, wow. and we still haven't heard no what what it is what it is or what it was or Ryan Day on. said he's playing though right. you well, saw that you Justin know Fields, we, if Justin Field played it in the last game he's definitely not missing this one yeah um so that's it that's just a weird I it don't, is weird I don't know what to what to make of that um but okay let's talk about this we won't even talk about the other game because who cares <laughs> seriously right. it, we were all right I think we all yes <laughs> it was only thing I was wrong about was it wasn't four scores <laughs> it was three I think Malcolm you said three scores <laughs> yeah. right yeah so um, I just said they were awful and didn't deserve to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and can we just all agree? All right, Notre Dame does not need to be in the playoff again for a while. It like de- you know, it just depends on the team. It's, no, you know, they don't need to be in. <laughs> they don't just, need to be. I in. just don't want to see them rank in the top ten going into next year. Stop playing with people's emotions. It's definitely going to happen. So I'm sorry. Yeah, that's probably uh, going to happen here, uh, sadly. But you I, know, there, it's not real. It's all smoke <laughs> I really do feel like it's the matrix, but whatever. Um. So let's talk about this game coming up this week. Alabama, Oklahoma, Jalen Waddle back at practice this week. Oklahoma, you putting your Sooners in the championship? Sorry, Alabama. Oh man, yeah, Boomer Sooner like that, saw, huh, man? I saw red. I saw red, and I just went crazy. Um, man, <laughs> can we get a three-way game? Can we get Ohio State versus Oklahoma versus Alabama? Is that possible? Um, sorry, Ohio State versus Alabama. Um, Jalen Waddle back at practice this week. Possible that he will play. Um, which would be a huge addition for that offense. Um, I, here's here's what I'm interested in seeing. Really, this is going to be a great one on one matchup between Patrick Sertan and Chris Olave. Oh yeah, I cannot wait to see that. Yeah, Patrick Sertan. Most people have going in the top ten. Chris Olave, not a high draft pick, yeah. but has been great this all year. Been yep. consistently great all all this year. That is going to be the matchup of the game. I really think if whoever can win that matchup, I think is going to win the game. You know a matchup I'm not looking forward to? Uh-oh. <laughs> um, Devontae Smith, or even Jalen Waddle uh, if he's back, against one Sean Wade, who... He's lost a lot of money. His draft year. stock has just... God, it has gone to the tank. Um, he looks uh, bad, guys. Like, I mean, he looks bad. He's He doesn't tackle well. Mm-hmm. He gives so much cushion, so I'm guessing he's worried that these guys are just going to blow by him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I am so concerned about... Um, our secondary and you know that type of explosive offense here's the thing the the key will be for Ohio State is they've got to stop the run game force Mac Jones to continue to drop back in and hope that we can get the type of pressure we got on you know Trevor Lawrence you know and, and kind of go from there because <clears throat> truth is there was an interception that we dropped um, or Clemson would have had two turnovers then um, because of that type of pressure. Um, and I think Mac Jones, the thing that has been beneficial for him is, first of all, of course, he's got great weapons, but he's had time to sit back and let them hit double moves or something like that to get so open. Um, so that's that's what I'm going to be looking at on on our defensive side is can we get pressure in? But then secondly, 
is our run game going to be able to be as solid as it's been? Uh, the, we remember 2014, Zeke Elliott had a field day on Alabama, and that's why we were able to win that game. Trey Sermon has been critical for us, for us to win the Big Ten Championship uh, and this past uh, week against Clemson. <clears throat> so that's going to be critical for us. If we can take some of the pressure off of Justin Fields, we know he's probably not going to be able to run as much as we would like him to. Um, so he's going to need to be able to, you know, sit in the pocket and make some throws. But that running game will open up that passing game if we're able to, you know, be stout on the run offense. Yeah, man. I, I really think um, game plan for Ohio State is predicated on uh, stopping Najee Harris. Um, <clears throat> if, they, if they stop Harris and, and really uh, kind of force the issue. Now, mind you, the secondary, yeah, it, it has some issues. Wait, uh, yeah, he's been getting clowned all, all like week on social media, but they did slow down Amari Rogers. And so, you know, you got to think that there's, there's some hope for them to, for them to play to a certain amount of strength. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of hope. I think it's going to be a shootout, frankly, but I do think that if they can, if they can bottle up, um, uh, that that Crimson Tide run game and get some pressure on Mac Jones. Um, that that gives them enough of a shot because I do think our offense will be able uh, to get off some stuff. Alabama's defense has been much criticized and very inconsistent this year. So um, yeah, I, I think you know I'm always talking about stopping the run game, um, but no, it's really 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 strategic. I understand you put the ball in Mac Jones' hands; he's still going to be able to produce some good things. I, I just think that the main question is, how do I give myself a shot? It's another situation. It's like playing the Chiefs in the NFL. You pretty much got to pitch a perfect game, yep. especially especially in this spot where they are. Uh, again, they're the experienced team. Uh, you're not going to surprise Nick Saban. How do you make them sweat? Is that you, uh, you? You keep hanging around. You know, you make sure that you don't let them. You know, get all get to 14, 21 point leads, and so. I think the way to do that is to, uh, to, to, you know, collapse the run game. And they had much success against uh, ATN. You know, I know he, he was still yeah. in there being a little bit yeah. up too, but that's, uh, critical. I think that's, the, that's the key to success there. Yeah, I think, you know, with Clemson, they ETN didn't have the year that you thought he was going to have coming into this year. They, they didn't run the ball like we would have expected. Um, but the thing with this Alabama team is that they can – You've got to, which one are you going to try to stop? And you're probably going to pick wrong because Najee Harris can go off yep. or Matt Jones can go off. And I think Jalen Waddle coming back is huge. Even, even if he doesn't have huge numbers, his presence on the field because of his speed and the ways that they can use him outside of just throwing him the ball, whether it's, um, putting him in the backfield, slant screens, anything, his, his presence is going to put a lot of pressure on the Ohio State defense. Um, but Ohio State, I think the, I think Ohio State has the ability to stop. They might be able to stop the running game. Yeah, um, that'll be critical. Yeah, that'll be, I think that that'll be the er, the early sign for me. If yep. if um, th- if they're getting penetration, mm-hmm. then I think okay, this is this could be a better game. Yep. But if if they're not able to control the running game and they're getting the play action off of that, and then yep. and then you've got to deal, contend with both Najee Harris and Devontae Smith and Mac Jones, I think it's going to be that's when it could be tough. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it. But Ohio State's defense has been up to the task, especially against the run. They're averaging 
you know, under holding teams under 100 yards, which is huge. Um, so if they're able to do that with Najee Harris, but he can also hurt you in the receiving game yep. as well. So that's the critical thing. Um, it's it's like you said, it's one of those pick your poison. Alabama's on offense, just that pick your poison team. Yep. Um, but let's go ahead and do these predictions. What you guys' mm. predictions for the game? Mm. Ian, you want to go first or what? After much consideration, I've decided that. Uh, <laughs> My official prediction for this game will be the Ohio State Buckeyes for the win, thirty-three to twenty-eight over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Zach score. Um, so I have gone back and forth in my head if I'm going to make a heart pick or a mind mm. or a head pick. Um, the last time I took a head pick and the Buckeyes won, which I was grateful for. So this time I'm going to go with my heart pick. And I'm going to believe that the Buckeyes are going to, again, stun the Alabama Crimson mm. Tide. Uh, I'm going to go 42 to 30. I think it's going to be a lot of offense because mm. I think both defenses show weaknesses. Um, Alabama, we saw Kyle Trask was able to put up quite a few numbers, even though it was, you know, the game was a little out of reach. Um, but they still showed that the secondary was not great other than certain. Um, and uh, I'm always already uh, worried about our our um, our secondary. But I think when it's all said and done, I'm going to trust a Justin Fields who has been here over a Mac Jones. Even though Mac Jones has the weapons, he still has to make the throws with uh, hopefully some pressure. Um, so I'm going to go with my heart and uh, and say we get the job done. On the words of my great friend Lee Corso, double not so fast. <laughs> um, I th- I think it's going to be a good game. Um, Ohio State proved they belong in the playoff. For sure. Um, If anyone doubts that at this point. Now, if you want to talk about how they got there, we can have a conversation about that. And I would love to have that conversation. Of course you would. But uh, they deserve to be here. Um, I think think Alabama's – I think Devontae Smith is going to have a big game. Mm. Um, Mm. I pray you're wrong. I think he's going to have a big game. I also think Justin Fields, as long as he's healthy, Mm -hmm. and that's the big thing. Yep. you know, Clemson, after getting that early hit on him, really didn't get a whole lot of pressure. He had a lot of time to throw the ball. Um, and I think he might have taken a couple hits, but he avoided a lot of hits too. So I think Alabama's going to make an effort to, even if they're not getting to him, knocking him a little bit, making sure they're checking those, doing them rib checks to see right. how he's doing. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I still expect Justin Fields to have a good game. I don't know if, if Trey Sermon is going to have quite the game that he did. Um but we'll see. Master Teague might be back sucking up some of those carries. Nope. Not a chance in heck. <laughs> um, but I think Alabama I think Alabama pulls this one out, but I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say 35-32. Mm, field goal. All right. Um, and, Thanks, uh, huh? No, thank you. Oh, you're thank, welcome. Thank you um, I just hope nobody else gives Ohio State any uh, bulletin board material, Dabo, sweetie. Um, Please do. Please do Alabama. The big, say we're the eleventh. Say we're the ninth ranked team oh or something. Gosh. You know, <laughs> Nick Saban ain't doing nothing. He's probably telling his team they're the ninth team. Y'all suck. <laughs> right. Y'all are terrible. Y'all are never going to beat this team. Um, let's talk about the other big news coming out of college. Kind of a surprise. We had talked about it earlier in the year, but it seemed like the the chatter had died down. But Tom Herman fired yep. in at Texas right after, and it's the kiss of death. The AD said, "Oh, he'll be back as our coach next year." And I don't know what next year he was talking about. Yeah, but <laughs> um, but Tom Herman is fired, replaced by Alabama OC and former Washington head coach um, Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian. Mm. How do you guys feel about this hire? 
Well, here's the thing. Um, we talk about second chances and um, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, was, you know, solid. Now, yeah, of course, he had a lot of weapons. Um, so my thing is, what is he going to be? You know, Sam Ellinger's gone. Um, what is he going to be able to come into Texas and do? Um, he doesn't have a great track record as a head coach. Um, it's it's different when you come when you talk about a Washington team versus you know him being an OC at, at with the Falcons or you know um, with Alabama. So you know, hey, was he a guy who was wor- worthy of a second chance? Yeah, I'd probably say so. Um, so now you know, pressure's on for him to see what what he's really going to uh, what he's really going to do. But I can tell you this much: I talked to quite a few Atlanta Falcon fans, and they were not happy with him as their OC. I'll tell you that much. Period. <clears throat> yeah, I mean. I think, you know, just looking at strength for Sarkeesian, um, what you can say is that he is the builder of quarterback. And, um, of course, in college football, you know, in general, but especially here in Texas, you know, you really go as far as your quarterback takes you. Yep. Um, but looking at, you know, he's, he's got a track record of, of producing and getting guys developed really well. Matt Liner, uh, what, Carson Palmer, um, Mark Sanchez. And, and mind you, this is when these guys were thriving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and, you yeah. know, and now you look uh Tua and then Mac Jones. So, um, Who? I do think, you know, they'll be able to. <laughs> Who? Yeah. Mac Jones. Oh, my goodness. That was, that was very well played. <laughs> I, I, I got to get. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, man, I, I, I really think, you know, so recruiting will be strong. I think that's the, that's the, the main thing is that they don't take a step back. Um, and maybe even take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's tough to see. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them, you know, saying the Heat, time, they bring Tom Herman back. So you got to kind of ask questions about organizationally, where are they? But I, I think it's a solid hire. You know, I'd be excited to see what that next era looks like. Yeah, it's, it's another pivot for them structurally i mean tom herman came in and brought that spread the urban meyer type of spread Mm -hmm. steve is a little bit more of a pro style obviously he's adapted it to be a little bit spread like for college correct um so what does that look like there you know steve he wasn't bad at washington and then you know obviously what happened in in at usc was a little bit (laughs) a little bit uh had nothing to do with football um so uh, you know as a football coach he's he's fine and guys he's undefeated this year as a a head coach well Um, as an oc you know well he he coached one game while uh okay all right yeah yeah. Um, (laughs) so you know he's coming off an undefeated season you know you want to bring that uh you know the big thing with texas texas for the most part recruits itself it's university of texas all those kids in Texas want to play at Texas. So you've got to try to keep the the top, top guys, obviously, from not going to Alabama or Ohio State or wherever, um, or Texas A&M now. But um, it, it all comes down to on the field. Tom Herman wasn't able to do it on the field. Nope. He, was, he was able to get the recruits. He yep. was not able to turn that into winning. Correct. Um, so the big thing for Steve is going to be how to make sure you develop those three, four, five-star guys to being um, – potential pros mm-hmm. and and you can you can make a direct line between um how good you are on the field and how how many players you have going to the pros it's yep. just it's a clear line yep um and and texas just have hasn't been that in a while yeah you see that in alabama their guys go to the nfl and they're productive yep. you see that other schools florida other places um so that's what steve needs to be able to sell these guys hey i've been in the nfl i know what it takes yep. i can get you there yep 
Um, and that's how you get the elite talent in. And then you've got to get the right staff, coaching, yes. all those guys, <laughs> training staff to help develop those guys right. to make them um, great college players and then great pros. So yep. um, it's a it's another – Texas is a, is a tough job because expectations are so high. Mm-hmm. No matter how good or bad the team is, they expect to be one of the best teams in the country. So yep. it's a lot of pressure. Um and I'm, it's unfortunate it didn't work out for Tom Herman. I thought I thought he would be the, a good coach there, but it Same. just it I just didn't turn out. But I think he's going to be a very very sought after OC. Absolutely. Um, and if Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville, don't be surprised if he gets a fo- if Herman gets a phone call. Hey, you, what you want to do? You know, I just don't know about him in the NFL. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I mean, but we also said that about you know some other coaches, and you know, I don't know. We'll see. I want names. Who are you talking about? Uh, well, I mean, I think first of all. If it were me, I would love to see Lincoln Riley as well in the NFL. But if we're talking about coaches who have gone to the pros, and I, I mean, can we honestly not say that even though Chip Kelly didn't wasn't great, he had a couple good years in in with the oh, yeah. Eagles. And when he was just the coach in Philly, he was fine. It was exactly. When he started. Yeah, you know all that. that stuff. Exactly right. But I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that it can't work. I think that you know. Um, but if if he stayed with college, there's going to be other schools looking for him as OC yeah. as well. Steve, uh, you know, never mind. Well, no, you gotta say, go ahead, go. Nope, nope, go nope. All good. No, Steve, what? No, I want, I want now. Now I really need to hear what this is. Um, I was about to be like, uh, hey, Steve Sarkeesian, you need an OC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom, you know, really sorry about what happened to you. Um, no, you know, we need an office. <laughs> right, right. If you don't mind moving down the hall, you just. Uh... Could you imagine? That's I am. I am curious about the staff. Yeah. Up, so. Yeah. Same. Could you imagine? They, say, they might bring Wilson back. Uh, he has said he's not going back to Texas. He's already that, that came out. That came out today. Yeah. No, he's not going back to Texas. Um, it, could you imagine being a player? You going in for workouts? Tom Herman's still sitting in there, and you're like, wait a minute. Mm. Uh, <laughs> hey, coach. <laughs> uh, you start calling people. Uh, Y'all know Tom is here, right? <laughs> That'd just be crazy. Um, I did hear a rumor, not Uh-oh. a rumor, but a, a prediction that uh, Michigan would hire Charlie Strong, which would be amazing. For SDC? Yeah. Oh, that would be huge that for y'all. That would be amazing. Well, let me not say y'all, but for them. It's you know. cool. You can say y'all. I, nah, understand, nope. I understand what you're trying to say. Nope. Nope. Um, nope. Us M stick together. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. Well, that's all we have for today. Not a whole lot of NBA action we're going to talk about until after the college football season is, is over and Keith cares again. Amen. Um, Amen. We didn't get predictions for the NFL playoff games, but it's okay. I didn't want to go through all these games. Oh, well, I guess maybe, yeah, maybe later on yeah. we can get some predictions. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm with that. I'm some of them that. games don't need predictions. We know what's going to happen. Um, uh, we said we didn't say that last year when Baltimore lost to Tennessee. That is true. <laughs> that is true. We didn't have pot. We, we were not on then. Um, oh, touche. Parting words, guys. That's how we end our show. Yes, it is. Ian, give us your parting word for today. Don't take mine, Ian. Um, I just, I just, you know, let's go Browns. I don't have a whole lot that's unexpected for you guys today. Mm. Be a Cleveland fan or else. That's mm. really, that's, that's the name of the game. And it's not a threat. It's just a strong suggestion of violence. Thank you very much. God bless you, Ian. <laughs> Wow. Um, Keith, your parting words. Uh, Yes. I I want to thank so, so much. So kindly. I want to thank Dabo Sweeney for being such an idiot and saying that Ohio State was the 11th ranked team. Even if you, you know, 
listen, I get it. Ohio State didn't play six games, all these type of things. But don't say that openly in the media when, you know, Ohio State is already looking to avenge a loss that they, you know, really should have beaten y'all last year. So y'all should have lost to Ohio State two years in a row, Dabo. Just saying. But thank you so much for adding fuel to the fire because Ohio State came out and we wanted to stomp you and we did. And of course, you didn't take your words back. You, you know, held your ground. Uh, but, uh, Thank you so much, Dabo, and uh, enjoy your offseason with this painful loss. And we don't know what you're going to do next year without Travis Etienne, without Trevor Lawrence, without, you know, some of those guys. You do have DJ Ungaloilele. Ungaloilele. Thank you. Um, you do have him coming back, but uh, you've got your work cut out for you, sir. And uh, I am just so appreciative uh, of your, your, your remarks. God bless you, sir. Dabo, so stupid. <laughs> So stupid! I hate, I hate Temple, sweetie. And it has little to do with the game, and to do with all the other stuff you can talk about. Oh man! Um, my parting words actually go to the NCAA. Huh. Um, they've had a for me, they've had a very rough <laughs> decade. Um, but they made a decision that I agree with, and that's all the NCAA tournament games will be played in the state of Indiana, with most of them being in Indianapolis. Um. And I think that's a great move. Instead of having people all over the country, we're, we're seeing, you know, if you're paying any attention to college basketball, there's been a lot of, of COVID issues. Mm-hmm. Um, teams having mm-hmm. to cancel games, multiple games. Gonzaga, I think, is out the next three games. Uh, or, excuse me, Villanova is out the next three games. Um, you know, we had the Keontae uh, Johnson situation in Florida uh, where he, you know, had a heart attack uh, for all intents and purposes and, and had to be taken off the court to the hospital for, for about a week. Uh, and so this is a step in the right direction. If it you're going to play this, this season, you've got to put the parameters in place to help yep. these players be successful. Yep. So all the games will be played in the state of Indiana with most of them being played in Indianapolis. I think that's a great move. It absolutely is. Um, it, it kind of gives you an opportunity to do a, a semi-bubble. Uh, semi, it's hard to do 68 teams. Yeah. Are, yeah 68. are they still going to do all, all of, all of yeah. those? So, okay. all right. 68 team bubble is not, I don't, that's a planet. I don't know if that's a bubble. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's tough, but I mean, it's, you know, each school, you know, they can, fi- they got to figure it out. Yeah. You've got all this money in NCAA, which you've been robbing of college, you know, yeah. athletes for all these years. So you better invest that money and get these players to make sure that they're safe enough to play. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And, uh, and I hope that the, the, the players are safe. That's all I yep. really care about. Absolutely. You want to uh, go up to Andy? I get, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to. Are they are they going to allow fans? Is the question. I don't know. Right, it, right. And well, and if they do, the tickets are going to be exactly. outrageous. Of course. Like, oh, we're only allowing a thousand people in, so tickets are fifteen hundred dollars. Never mind. And you're going to be in the nosebleeds because right. we don't want you anywhere near this. Exactly. Um, nosebleeds at a basketball game isn't the same as a football game. I, I'm not doing neither. Listen, you can do nosebleeds at a football game and still be able to see what's going on. Uh, I've told man, we can go to the game. Where y'all sitting? Nope. I could watch on TV better at home. Thanks. <laughs> Not interested. I've enjoyed many a nosebleed game, a basketball game, though. What'd you say? I've enjoyed many a nosebleed game, a basketball <laughs> game. Oh, yeah. I, the basketball court's too small yeah. for a nosebleed. I don't mind doing it in a basketball game. I don't want to, and I probably won't. Yeah, no. This is the game I really want to be on, but... For NFL, especially like in Cleveland or Buffalo, like no, I'm not sitting way up there, freezing cold. Well, that, of course, you got to go when it's warmer yeah. out or something like that, you know, or go to a you know somewhere or else. Tampa, right? Exactly. Jacksonville, right? Exactly. Yeah, you gonna have me out there with them uh, crazy Bears fans watching a team lose in the freezing cold. 
<laughs> well, guys, that's it for for us from Cleveland, Ohio. It's International Ian Lamont Morgan. Glad to be number eleven. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little disappointed that wasn't a uh, Browns. Yeah, I thought out. it was the Browns. So, Ian, save the Buckeyes. Boo. Nah, nah. <laughs> um, and from um, Columbus, Ohio, by way of Cincinnati, but he's still rooting for the home team, Keith Turner Jr. Oh, H. I. Oh. And here in the capital city, by way of several other places, they call him the Black Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Malcolm Morgan. This has been an episode of the 3 in 1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. And Boomer Sooner. Go Bucks.